friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast hosted by two clowns. I'm Kayla Bates, and with me is my uh, co-host, Colin. Uh, no, Colin, Collie J, a non-clown, <laughs> I want to point out. I am no clown. I'm a serious movie cricket. Both of us movie geniuses, also clowns. <laughs> um, with us, we have a special guest today. Yeah. Our guest produces their own podcast called Daggercast. They're also, as many of our uh, recent guests have been, a rocker wee baby wee. known for such bands as Post Child. Um, you hear them at the top of every episode, top and bottom, in Thin Swimmer. And probably, most notably, uh, in terms of longevity at least, Elephant Gun... My friend, Jared Olson. Hey, everyone. Woo! Good to be here. <laughs> you forgot... Uh, Yay! You forgot two of his credits that we just found out about. Uh, famed oh, yeah. rockin' in a Dylan and a Neil Young tribute band. Two separate bands? Yeah, Yes, two separate bands um, kind of shared a lot of the same members. Hell yeah. Uh, that's yeah. kind of... That's kind of uh, water under the bridge, I guess. That, that happened, I don't know, four years ago or something like that. Hell yeah. But, also but, famous yeah. for their high school musical production of Annie. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. This, is, this is true. Cary Grove, Cary Grove High School. <laughs> what year would that have been? Class of 2000. Okay. Sick. Wow. <laughs> That's a, you got I'm a 20-year-long resume of this shit? Of musicals, yeah, podcasts, you know, bands. <laughs> Stretching yeah. out. Well, uh, when did Elephant Gun start? 2000-something, right? Yeah, probably. We probably started practicing in 2006 and then started playing out probably 2007, I think, was when we started. And that is still a band, so that's a long-ass yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've just kind of turned into, like, a deranged family, I guess. Several. We're just watching each other's <laughs> kids, watching each other's kids grow up and stuff, so it's, it's awesome. Hell Yeah. yeah. That rocks, and we love to hear it. We do. <laughs> Word. <laughs> so this week um, on the podcast, we are covering the 2013 movie Her. Her. That's it. That's the title. Her. Her. <laughs> All right, Colin, do you want to tell us who's in this movie? Yeah, and I want to do your cast list because you made some insane credits. <laughs> Mainly just one insane credit. Anyway. Um, yeah, I thought it would be funny, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so it's directed by um, Spike Jones from uh, Being John Malkovich, bunch of music videos. He was in Jackass, um, and you know where the wild things are. Spike Jones, we all know him, we love him. Uh, yeah, it's the only movie he's written and directed, which is interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. In uh, the leading role, we have the unbearably handsome Joaquin Phoenix, king of white man malaise. I love it. 
<laughs> we got Scarlett Johansson as uh, Samantha, the voice, the phone that we all know about. That's the only reason we know this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> you got uh, Rooney Mara. She was in Girl Dragon Tattoo, Carol. I had a crush with her, uh, with her, on her. Well, with her, we talked. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, she hates me. They didn't talk. Olivia Wilde, uh, isn't it? The director mm-hmm. of Booksmart and other Which things. Which we previously covered on the pod. Yeah. Uh, Amy Adams, if you've heard of her, uh, she was in Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Uh, <laughs> nothing really else. Her most famous role. Not much else. That's where I recognized her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was uh, on an episode of The Office in, like, the first season, and then she did Pick a Destiny, and that was it. Um, Yep. Yeah, and then uh, (laughs) music by Arcade Fire, a band I've uh, never listened to. So, well, I guess now I have. I've listened to them now. I'm sure you've probably heard some of their songs. If you ever saw, like, the Where the Wild Things Are trailer, they had, like, a really big song in that. Oh, that was them. Oh. I am sure I have yeah. I have heard Arcade Fire. I have never purposefully listened to Arcade Fire. I, I saw them uh, live. I actually liked them a lot when they came out. I, I still like them. Yeah. Um, yeah. They rock? They put on a great show. I saw them on the funeral tour um, back in like, uh, oh, nice. like 2006 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh-huh. really, really emotionally great show. It, I thought that Hell they yeah. really were the real fucking yeah. thing. And then they just turned into a stadium act and that was pretty wild. So I was, yeah. yeah. They have a couple albums that I like. Yeah. Yeah, The Suburbs, I liked that I one. I got nothing yeah. against them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I didn't even know yeah. they did the soundtrack until I kind of looked up the Wikipedia before uh, coming on this show. And I was like, oh shit, because I did like the soundtrack and I missed mm-hmm. the credit on the film that they had done. Yeah. It. So I was that's cool to see. Yeah, the music suits the film really well. It it feels just like uh, you could almost make it just like a, just a perfect puzzle. Like it just fit perfectly with it. I, I believe so. they won yeah. some awards for the music on this film. Yeah, it was nominated, I think. Right for yeah for music score. I don't know. I didn't yeah. write it down because I don't care that much. <laughs> All right, so critic scores. We are looking at ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety yeah. percent Metacritic. 86% of Google users, so a little less on the Google users, but overall, seems like people like this movie. Yeah, yeah 95% is on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty hard to do. It's uh, well-deserved. It, it's a relatable film. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a beautiful movie. I don't watch a whole lot of new films or newer films from the last decade. I'm kind of guilty of that. I'm always catching up, and... um. Yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great story, and it was like a rom-com, drum sci-fi movie. <laughs> a drum-com? <laughs> a, a drum-com, rom-com, yeah, uh, sci-fi <laughs> that, movie. That's the title You're of that. You're nailing it. <laughs> All right, so um, let's watch the trailer, yeah. and then we will uh, get into talking about it. Yeah. Cool. Mr. Theodore Twombly, welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent operating system. We'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay. Are you social or antisocial? I guess I haven't been social in a while. 
How would you describe your relationship with your mother? Thank you. Please wait as your operating system is initiated. Hello, I'm here. Hi. Hi, I'm Samantha. Good morning, Theodore. Good morning. You have a meeting in five minutes. You want to try getting out of bed? <laughs> You're too funny. Okay, good, I'm funny. I want to learn everything about everything. I love the way you look at the world. before you're ready to date. What do you mean? I saw in your emails that you'd gone through a breakup. Well, you're kind of nosy. So what was it like being married? There's something that feels so good about sharing your life with somebody. How do you share your life with somebody? How are you? I guess I've just been having fun. You really deserve that. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been with somebody that I felt totally at ease with. I'd like to be alive in that room right now. I wish I could put my arms around you. I wish I could touch you. How would you touch me? like a form of socially acceptable insanity. What does a baby computer call its father? I don't know what. Data. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's Can you feel me with you right now? I've never loved anyone the way I love you. Me too. So um, I think let's first start by talking about my favorite part of the movie because I talked first here. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I realized once I was saying it, well, let's talk about me. Um, no, the, the, <laughs> the setting of this movie or like the world that they build for this movie, I think was my favorite part about it. Yeah, huh. it's very cool. Yeah. It's like set in the near future, um, but they didn't want it to be like dystopian. So they took a lot of steps to like really create a unique world. And we were just talking about on our Elite Battle Angel episode. Jared, have you seen Elite Battle Angel? <laughs> I have not. Um, <laughs> All right, that's maybe not, worth watching. You don't have to. <laughs> All right. I think it's a really fun movie, but it's it's not a must see. No, exactly. Um, but we were just talking about on that episode how, you know, basically so many movies that try to do a future world just like they kind of end up looking the same because they just build up piles of trash everywhere and put a bunch of blues and metallic things in. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's like super bleak. Future. <laughs> yes. Blade so Runner. Yeah. I was saying how I think it's like kind of a lot more brave to really like invent something like how they do this and... Uh, so I, I like that choice. Yeah, it's not, I mean, like, the architecture itself definitely looks kind of almost like future utopian, like uh, mm -hmm. right. when people would picture the future in, like, the 1950s. Uh, you know, it looks a little like that. There's a lot of, like, sleek, mirrored buildings, uh, curves. Yeah. But it doesn't feel utopian. Like, the architecture is utopian, but the the place doesn't 
totally feel utopian. You know, it's like, uh, I mm-hmm. think a good point of this movie is that regardless of how much technology we continue to build up, human problems are still going to exist in whatever forms. Yeah. Uh, however minute, uh, I think this explores right. yeah. the very personal problems uh, that will remain whether or not we have technology that can serve it or not. And speaking of the technology, they try they envisioned an evolution of technology that was that made technology be kind of less intrusive, like where now people are, you know, always looking at their screens, whatever. So mm-hmm. they made it so there's no keyboards. Um, everything's activated by voice. So like the phone is basically just an earbud. You know, there still is one you can hold in your hand, but they do almost everything over the earbud and over voice. Yeah. So your ears are still free. One ear is still free. Your eyes are still free um, to take in the world around you. You know, so they've made it kind of less intrusive on your attention, I guess. Yeah, it's an optimistic view on, yeah. on the near future in a sense, It, it you know, which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. They also have like automatic lights that turn on as you walk in each room. They just like really made it more of like something that kind of coexists with people. Yeah. Which is cool. Absolutely. I liked the uh the the Los Angeles public transit system they they envisioned because their yeah. their their current public transit system is no- notoriously terrible. Um, Like the last time I was there, I was visiting a friend and he was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to take the subway a couple of blocks. And I was like, oh, yeah, you guys actually have one of those. Like, and we're walking in. I'm like, how much is it? He's like, no one pays. Just, oh, (laughs) like no one's watching it. No one pays for it. It, It's no one cares. I'm like, is it maintained? There's earthquakes out there, which is terrifying. So I liked that they made the train above ground. Yeah, and they actually yeah. thought about that because whoever decided to put a subway in Los Angeles, like, not nah, that's not a good idea. But I, I did like their <laughs> their interpretation of what Los Angeles could be like with good public transit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they also the colors they almost completely excluded the color blue, which is usually associated, like I said, with sci-fi or with like future movies like this so everything is really like reds and oranges and blacks and mirrors and stuff yeah it was pretty Um, which is kind of cool yeah it's pretty pretty. super pretty and uh one one other change of the future the clothing (laughs) did y'all notice those high pants on everybody oh chris pratt looked great oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah huh I didn't notice it until you just pointed it out. You really didn't. I guess people oh. and, like all the dudes have have pants like basically up to their little nipples. Yeah, like, I thought yeah. everyone was no just dressing like a dweeb. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this like- is just some indie Spike Jones bullshit where he's like, uh, yeah, let's dress cool. This is what cool is, and it's like, no, I'm gonna <laughs> beat you guys up and take your lunch money. It is kind of like very like hipster fashion. Super, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely some hipsterish stuff, but I guess that's realistic, um, in a sense. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, because they live Maybe in a big so. city, and it's in the future. And hipsters are now, so they'll still be alive. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked how like sensitive the men dressed in this movie. They dressed very non-threateningly, yeah. which I thought was yeah awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, 
That's why I hate it. They dress it. cute. Men can. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I want my men threatening. I want yeah, spikes yeah. on their shoulders. <laughs> well, there's plenty of plenty of movies in the '80s with all that good stuff for you. Hell yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Let's see. We kind of start at Joaquin Phoenix's job. Oh, my God. Where he dictates fake letters to people <laughs> called beautifulhandwrittenletters.com. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unbelievable, but also so believable. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's, uh, that's it's... a great, like, job invention. <laughs> yeah, it says a lot about his character, too, which I liked. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so we kind of learn about him. He has an ex-wife from almost a year ago that, well, he has an ex. They're working on the uh, ex-wife part. <laughs> and uh, he has one friend in the whole world. Um, he basically works. He plays video games and he jerks off. Uh, classic man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> so the video game <laughs> that uh. he plays, <laughs> we got to talk about it. Uh, it looked so lame. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think they were making fun of it, but at the same time, it, it was obviously like the best comedic relief of the movie in a lot of senses. Yeah. It, was, it, yeah. Made, me, it made me laugh a lot. And Spike Jones did the, the voice for that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's our first little cameo is Spike Jones's voice as the little uh, alien guy who says "fuck you" and like, <laughs> I didn't know being that. all crass. Yeah, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. I saw I saw something that said that he loved his role as the alien child so much that he would give notes to his editor and producer in that character. Oh <laughs> Just my god! Like, so what does that mean? Like, oh my fuck god! Fuck you, fucking freak! <laughs> Think about how. Think about having a long day at work, and then someone comes in and talks to you in that voice, and you're just like, Please. "Your boss, your boss comes in and talks to you in that just, voice." Just give me the notes, man. I just want to get this film done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, fuck you. It's so. like, ugh, the voice. And we we're like, "What is this video game like? Yeah, what are you so even funny. doing? Oh it just God. seems so lame." <laughs> It's totally pointless, I think. Totally! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a character We that see the game, him. like, four or five times, and each time, he's just walking through a tunnel. And he's like... <laughs> yeah. At one point, he's playing with Scarlett Johansson, and she's like, oh, go down this tunnel. And it sounds like he's just been going through a tunnel for, like, what, like an hour or something? And I don't see any enemies <laughs> <Yeah>. or weapons. <laughs> he's just following <sighs> that mean little alien. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid and goofy, but and whatever. I loved, it. I, loved goofy. it. I loved it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, so then we see him. Uh, it's nighttime, baby. He's crawling into bed. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's calling those 1-900 numbers. Anybody? 900 numbers? TBT. Uh, sexy chat rooms. That's <laughs> what we're talking about here. Um, so there's two voice cameos in the sexy chat rooms as okay. well. The first one, well, call number two is Bill Hader. Bill Hader's oh, voice there. Oh, and no then kidding. the one who is the sexy kitten yeah. is Kristen Wiig. Oh, 
Oh, no kidding. That's awesome. The one he ends up, uh, you know, and she's, yeah. she's like, choke me with that dead cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a cool thing to say. Interesting. I adore both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, those are just two little fun things. Yeah, th- this sex chat scene, uh, you know, it-, it serves to establish the universe, and it ultimately is almost like a throwaway scene. Like, they could have deleted it, and the movie is still fine. Um, yeah. But it's just funny. It's just really good. I just, like, <laughs> she keeps saying, took me with a dead cat, and he just... <laughs> keeps going and it's just this movie like spike jones does understand he's look folks he was in jackass he understands comedic perfection so like (laughs) he he there's like some genuine good humor in this this rocked absolutely absolutely no that the the first sex chat scene the one with samantha which we'll get to later that that was a little weird but yeah. um mm-hmm. but yeah that the first one was very funny it, you yeah. know it made me laugh out loud yeah so you're like this could be a fun yeah. movie <laughs> yeah i was like oh, okay i'm, I'm settling into this <laughs> I guess, so he's kind of living his life, and then he sees this advertisement for OS-1, the world's first artificially intelligent operating system, mm. and he buys it, we guess. We just see him show up at his house with it. Um, maybe he stole it. Uh, who's to say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he answers a few questions and ends up with Samantha. It's kind of his Siri, I guess. Yeah. You could call it. Yeah. And... The voice of Samantha, we already discussed, was Scarlett Johansson, but she was actually added in post. It was initially an actress by the name of Samantha Morton who did the movie. Um, And when they were editing, they didn't like the way she sounded. So they (laughs) recast it with ScarJo and did all the voicing in post, which is interesting. That's that's definitely interesting. So someone did all of the Samantha parts with Joaquin Phoenix and then they were they like watched the movie and they're like this sucks that's weird yeah that must suck to be that other the the person who got fired apparently they asked her permission and she's credited as like an executive producer or something in the film but yeah I hope she got paid (laughs) that does suck uh, sorry, your voice didn't make everybody horny enough, so uh, we're gonna uh, cast Scarlett Johansson instead. Yeah. Well, well, my my guess might be is that she, if she's the producer, maybe she was like, "Well, I'll produce the or help produce the film if I can be Samantha," and then they like all agreed or something. Who knows? You know, it's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird yeah. place, and 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 it maybe they were just like, "Okay, yeah, she's gonna help you know produce this film and give us a bunch of money or whatever." Um, so we'll let her be the voice. And then afterwards, they're like, oh, shit. Who knows? It could be a million reasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um. So let's see. They're just kind of chatting, getting to know each other. And his friend sets him up on a date uh, with Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. This date, like, uh, I, I think watching people flirt is so embarrassing. What? <laughs> I was just embarrassed for him the whole time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is where the two scenes I really took vigorous notes. Uh, one was the sex scene uh, because I hate sex. And uh, the other was this scene because <laughs> I love first dates. I love flirting. Um, I am a happily engaged man and I haven't been on a first date in a long time. But I still like... First dates are so much fun. You get to... 
meet someone and then there's the hope that you get makesies outsies. It's cute to watch people flirt. Yeah, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Mm, I didn't like it. Made me feel weird. All right, you guys are freaking. <laughs> it made you uncomfortable. <laughs> you guys don't believe in love. Well, well, I think I think that scene in particular was I think they meant it to be um awkward. Where like, you know, every date and every combination of people, you know, it's all different like so I just they wrote it kind of awkwardly, but it was cute like you were saying, Colin, like it was it was cute. Yeah, I'm right. At the same time. And like they were going <laughs> to hook up and then, you know, he was like, he was like, no, I don't, you know, I want to see you again. And it seemed like she just wanted to hook up or something. I don't know. It was, it was real. No, it I, seemed like he just wanted to hook up because what yeah. she says is like, at my age, I have to worry about men wasting my time. And are you just going to fuck me and not call me back? Oh, that's stuff? right. No, I fucked yeah, that yeah. up. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. And yeah. Sh- she ends it by saying, you're really creepy. And I don't know if, okay, I wasn't picking up on the awkwardness of the date at all, which uh, I don't know uh, what I was going on with me, but uh, I was like, he's not creepy. He was fine the whole night, right? He's a little, I feel like, yeah. He's a little weird. When she turns around and goes, she goes, you're a really creepy dude, you know that? And all this kind of stuff. Like, I felt like that just really came out of nowhere. Yeah, he was (laughs) not creepy. He was like, being normal. She was, yeah, she was like, hey, I'm not trying to have my time wasted. And he was kind of like hemming and hawing. And then like that, that's your answer. He's not sure. So get mm-hmm. out of there. But don't be mean on your way out. Rude. Right. Right. No, my, yeah. I, I, my girlfriend in particular thought that was like really mean. She like felt bad for him. And I did yeah. too when we were watching it. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know, like, maybe this is a good part to bring this up, but I think there are kind of some misogynistic, like, undertones to this whole movie, basically. Oh, yeah. You know, this character is part of that. All of the women in this movie, their subjectivity and their sexuality just kind of exist in relation to the male protagonists or the male viewers. They don't get to be independent of that. Mm -mm. Yeah, they are like sounding boards. And reflections for for Joaquin Phoenix's, like, his wants, his needs, his anxieties, whatever problems he has, the women are only there to be, you know, reflect those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, be in relation to those. Definitely a male, male-centric film, for sure. You know, in a, lo- in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. So, like, his only friend, Amy Adams, is a video game programmer and... Her only game is like mommy mocking and horny housewife shaming. Um, (laughs) And this one woman who he goes on a date with is the only one who's allowed to express her own like sexuality or sexual desire. And I mean, it's hurting to him. It's not not good. I don't know how to say that better. (laughs) It's a buzzkill. It's a buzzkill. And it's not something good. Right, right. And it's like, so it's implying like he could have a one night stand and be fine with it. But, you know, a woman isn't inca- isn't capable of that same mm-hmm. kind of thing, too. Yeah. So I kind of wish it was how I remembered it, which was wrong. And I wish it was the fact that, you know, the other, <laughs> yeah. the other way around, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that even that just one choice could have made 
you know, something positive happened for women in this movie, but yeah. unfortunately, it just keeps getting worse, in my opinion. <laughs> That's yeah. really how that scene should have been written. It really is. That scene would have been a lot more real, like a lot more futuristic and real and feminist if it was written in that in that way. Yeah. Something glaring for me about how this movie made me feel was it reminded me, because I guess when I'm sucked in at the start and I, as a, as a dude, as a cis guy, uh, male, I was like, I fell for it, and I was kind of like feeling the tropiness of it, uh, but like, or mm-hmm. not fe- not noticing it, but like engaging in it, um, and it made me feel how I felt when I was a teen, a, a senior in high school, and watched Five Hundred Days of Summer. And I completely misinterpreted it, and I was like on Joseph Gordon-Levitt's side. If you've ever seen that movie, Uh, he's just this. I've never seen that actually. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know about it, and I've heard other men say the same thing you're about to say. Yeah, he's this whiny, tortured dude who's just like, "Why can't I get a girl? Why can't I get a girl? Uh, This one girl who likes me. Why won't she like me?" And like the point of the movie is that he's a jackass and an idiot, like a self-loathing. Yeah, yeah. But as a 17-year-old, I was like, "Oh my god, that's me," and. Right, this right. movie <laughs> preys on that like that male bullshit malaise of just like oh why won't anyone fuck me he literally says here uh, a, a line that I wrote down because I was like oh my god if I would have heard this when I was 17 I would have been more of an insufferable dick to women uh, than I was um, <laughs> wow yeah he yeah. says I wanted somebody to want me to fuck them and it's yeah. such a, like, he's so self-loathing and so, like, I need a woman to validate me sexually, mm-hmm. nothing else. Like Yeah, that. I do think this this movie also at times has big incel energy, and that's goes into that. Yeah. And also, you know, like, the post-depression of, like, maybe a, a, a toxic relationship um, that lasted, or a marriage, right? He was married, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. to his childhood sweetheart or something. And and I feel like there, Spike Jones might be commenting on that whole experience of like, you shouldn't marry your childhood sweetheart because it can fuck you up. It, yeah. You know, like in, in the wrong sense because you're too mm-hmm. young. And and my parents would hate to hear me say this because they were childhood sweethearts and they're still together, and which is cute. But like, it's a risky move, and and it and you can tell that it fucked him up and made him really fucking depressed. And I mm-hmm. think they were just touching on male depression in that sense, sure. as well. Um, you know, just being like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's obviously self-loathing and and being a piece of shit because he's like depressed out of his fucking mind, you know. Yeah. In half the movie, yeah. so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, his feelings are you know rational, and you can link them back to that. You know, I've never been divorced. I'm sure it fucking sucks. Um, and I'm right, sure right. I would be mm-hmm. a depressed wreck, too. So, like, it's it explains his actions, but it doesn't excuse them kind of thing. Is in, in, the grand, right. mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of the movie, I guess. Oh, yeah, um, totally. In hindsight, it's like, yeah, you, you, you know, you can't yeah. act like that. You're, you're going to spend the rest of your life alone and miserable. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Yeah. Or make somebody else really fucking miserable, which isn't cool either. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So right after he gets home from this date uh, is when I think right around the time when he starts the like cybering. <laughs> what would you call it? <laughs> with Samantha? The sexting it, it with, the, is... with, the, 
with Sam. Yes, it's soon after the date. After the date, he has this big, like, oh, poor me uh, bullshit to yeah. Samantha. And she's like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then, then it leads He's to... He's like, Samantha, I'm horny. Take care of it. And she goes, okay, boss. Aye, aye. And was so they, start, <laughs> they start sexing or whatever oh. you would call it because they're just talking. Um, and the screen blacks out. So it's just their voices. Uh, and it's so awkward. And... <laughs> and raunchy. This is... Duh. It's super raunchy. It's pretty fucking raunchy. <laughs> Too raunchy for me. But the, you know what? It's like so raunchy, but there's no nudity. So it's it's yeah. Props to them for that. They they established some some super sexual raunch with no showing no nude bodies. Boo. So. Well, I kind of I read an article um, that was talking about this that I thought had some interesting points. That was about how like men will enjoy this part a lot because they can visualize whatever they want when they're hearing ScarJo's voice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But when you are removing the female body in particular from the sex, like, you know basically what's happening with Theodore, you know? You know what's happening there. But Samantha's, what's happening with her is a mystery and... What makes her moan, uh, it seems, is just the intimacy, which kind of reaffirms, like, the outdated sense of, like, female pleasure only being related to emotions and the female body being kind of mysterious and unknowable. Mm -hmm. I thought was just some interesting, interesting things to think about. Definitely, definitely. Very deep thoughts right there. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. No, that's... This movie, this movie is wild. There's a reason why it yeah. has a ninety-five percent, you know, on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Like, absolutely. I think it's interesting, like the difference in perspective of watching this movie as a man and watching this movie as a not man. Like, yeah. just the different things you see when that's the case. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's yeah. It's interesting to, I don't know, look at it from different perspectives because I think it was made to be looked at from a couple different Mm -hmm. angles for sure sure. and right around here too is when sam starts really like longing for a body but this goes back to the same thing that i said how the women only have desires in relation to the men because she initially is not worried about not having a body yeah and she she doesn't want to have a body to to eat or to dance or to you know, swim or do anything else. Mm-hmm. She only wants a body in relation to Theodore's sexual desire because she feels like he is going to feel like something's lacking if he can't have sex or touch a body. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's another very interesting point, Kayla, for sure. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I did not even think about that at, at all while I was watching the movie. I was not thinking about... Because the movie's not like I said, it's centered around Thea, Theodore, so it's it's not. Totally. Mm-hmm. Your 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 mind is like with his and in the way you're explaining Samantha and, and how she's developing as this artificial intelligence. It's it's really interesting. It's a really interesting insight into I don't know a female perspective if you watch the movie from that from her perspective, mm-hmm. which I feel mm-hmm. like you can. And the next time I watch it, I will watch it from her perspective mm-hmm. or their perspective or whatever Samantha is. 
from its perspective, yeah, it's it perspective. is a computer. Yeah. Don't gender technology. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, the no. number one problem we have uh, with the movie Her is that um, yeah. is the uh, use of pronouns. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just kind of set up for that. <laughs> and it's about a man, which is funnier. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, moving on from the moving weird on. sex stuff, um, they have an awkward morning after, which is like, <laughs> oh, that was so <laughs> you funny. Just fucked to me. your computer. Like, why is there an awkward morning after? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instantly, he's like, hey, j- just so you know, just so you know, uh, I I don't really, I'm not really ready to like settle down or like have a girlfriend. So and she's like, um, who asked you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then next scene, they're in a committed relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is ridiculous. That almost felt like a David Wayne moment or something. I don't know. I know. Yeah, it was really it's funny. So to me. goofy. It's so goofy. And then uh. somewhere along this line, I don't know. I've moved my notes around so much, so I might bounce around just slightly. So when uh, Sam hires a surrogate i don't know what you call this woman she's kind of like a sex worker but she's working as a surrogate body for sam uh, surrogate is about right yeah you think surrogate yeah. i don't know that's weird it's, it's all weird it's very uncomfortable to watch <laughs> that was the most uncomfortable scene in the movie absolutely <laughs> I'll tell you, we had to turn down the TV volume uh, many times throughout this movie. (laughs) It feels a little too horny for me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that scene was, I I just couldn't wait for it to be over, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, It was stretched out really long and all of it was uncomfortable to me and my yeah so uncomfortable. and then so this girl starts freaking out and locks herself in the bathroom and is like upset that she's been rejected in this way um and like i mean it was kind of forced on him too like sam was just like well i'm hiring the sex worker whether you like it or not yeah. she'll be at your house at whatever you know like <laughs> yeah and it's not i mean it's obviously a person in a real flesh body <laughs> that he is you know he's just like who is this stranger like this it's just really really fucked with my head yeah and like, like that probably takes yeah. away from yeah from like whatever he's been envisioning in his mind when he's talking to this like robot on his in his ear <laughs> like, yeah. uh, now there's a physical thing form that like probably doesn't align with what he's been fantasizing over you know right right. i don't know it was all weird uh random fact here a different actress played the voice when she goes in the bathroom and she's like screaming and crying from the other side of the door (laughs) a different actress played that voice than the one who played the body why no just a random fact i don't know they fucking hated women's voices in this movie (laughs) oh my god spike jones he has a voice fetish Yes. I, yeah, maybe he does. I have to the have my voice file. in the film. The producer wants her voice, but I want my voice. I'm the alien. <laughs> and then we'll let her do that, but then we're going to cut her out and post, and we're going to get ScarJo in here, and we're going to have More her. voices. Yeah, yeah, more voices, and I just can't stop thinking about voices. I'm going to call her later just to hear her voice. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Spike Jones. Uh, good creepy. Yeah. 
I would say, <laughs> uh, speaking of voices, just about every review I read that was written by a man, uh, somewhere in there mentioned how seductive and like turned oh, on okay. they were by Scarlett Johansson's voice and. Ugh. I just find that upsetting. I don't know. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to that... make that known. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I'm sure. I'm sure she stays far away from the comments on this film. I hope sure. that she does. <laughs> I hope she does too. She probably like when she made it. She was like, I'm never checking on any anything regarding this. <laughs> <laughs> the film's great. And Thanks, I felt Mike. like yeah. I did feel like. Um, Whatever, I, maybe it was the in the dark uh, sex scene. I felt like she seemed a little timid or nervous or something. It just didn't feel as like authentic or like great of acting as like the rest of the movie felt to me. Yeah, um, from her, yeah. it just seemed a little. I, I mean, know, she's uncomfortable. As an, a- I mean, I'm not an actor, nor could I ever be an actor. But it's that that stuff it's like whoa it's like you're really trying to channel some stuff and it either like comes across or it doesn't sometimes and i don't think yeah, yeah i think it maybe she did like you know 10 takes of that and like the first couple were real oh my god and then they yeah. slowly just diluted you never know it's it's weird to think about editing and takes and in yeah. losing energy sitting in and... a box while like a room full of people listen to you make fake sex noises and do like say stuff out loud that you would say in sexting or whatever <laughs> right right yeah all been there. she did <laughs> yeah. sound she sounded a little uncomfortable for sure yeah. yeah yeah the only the only thing i i mean something i thought of in regards to the technology went how I was mentioning how everything is controlled by voice now in this mm-hmm. world is like that you would have no privacy on what you're like saying to people, what you're texting people, what you're emailing or whatever. You're all you're saying it all out loud. So just like anybody around you can hear what's going on. I don't know. That seems a little scary. Yeah. Yep. But if everyone's listening to their own freaking, I guess that's the, what they would imply or be like. Yeah, no one listens to each other because they're all too freaking focused on themselves. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seemed like that was kind of the world. You know, people interacted when they needed to. But for the most part, like, when he's on the train, literally every single person is talking. When he's, you know, when he's, there's like several Hmm. scenes of him running through people. Which, by the way, stop running through crowds. Yeah, the phone Rude. is still there for when they need to do private stuff, like when he needs to look at those sexy pregnant photos of. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, He's I forgot. A freak. Oh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that that was a very interesting addition to the film too. Just his kink with that. Yeah. <laughs> He's just yeah. a weird horny guy. Um, what what should right, his so- kink be? <laughs> They actually, him and Chris Pratt both have kinks in this movie. Chris Pratt comes up with a foot fetish later on. That's right. Um, <laughs> strange. Yeah. Um, so right around here in the movie where we were, uh, we just have like some montages of them, you know, going on dates, being happy, um, making drawings of what if a butthole was on your armpit instead. Pretty cool. Uh, what would what they yeah. do like what would butt sex look like then or something like yep uh interesting um, <laughs> nice 
think it was on point. <laughs> She's watching him sleep. He's doing Joker dances. Um, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, he's a great fucking dancer. He rules. <laughs> he's a great actor and a great entertainer. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. For sure. Yeah, just all around. My only complaint with his acting in this whole movie... Uh, would be that sometimes he mumbled so much that, like, I could barely understand what he was saying. He's just a yeah. mumbler. He doesn't move his mouth very much when he talks, too. You were at, yeah, you're totally, totally, that's a very valid yeah. point, because I had the subtitles on when I was watching it, because I do that sometimes, and I remember yeah. during certain parts, I was like, well, I'm really glad I have these subtitles on, because I can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, I, I generally don't use subtitles, but I almost considered turning them on, because, yeah, there were several times where I was like, I don't even know what he's saying right now, a little mumbleton over there. You're no subs? No subs. I generally go no subs. Unless, I got subs on I, I mean, everything. I'm, I'm not opposed to watching like foreign films or something where, you know, you need them, sure, but sure. Uh, I would say in general I don't okay. use them, because I just end up reading the whole time it, uh, in that sure. case. And yeah, it, no, it I'll catch myself doing that too, but yeah. yeah. Occasionally it's, I don't know, it, it helps me understand the lines more, I guess. Mm -hmm. On stuff like this, especially like when we're doing stuff for the podcast and I'm really trying to like take in the environments that they're in and like the colors and choices and things like, yeah, I feel like the subtitles can get distracting. Totally. Um, Absolutely. Forget yeah. that I said this at the end of the episode when I announced that our next movie is a uh, foreign language film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, <laughs> Sam also... Another thing, she keeps waking him up by calling him uh, at all hours of the damn day and night. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets no privacy. Like, how do you have a relationship like that where it's any time this chick is just popping up all over the place? What you doing? Why don't you want to talk to me? What's wrong? Nothing? Are you sure? Okay. Well, bye. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, which, which is pretty impressive considering what we learn about uh, her or it later on in the movie. Mm -hmm. The fact that she is spending this much time with him is kind of funny. Yeah. I wonder, funny. well, it seems like she can kind of split her abilities or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's, it's we, we later find out she is able to split it thousands of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's coming up soon. Right now, uh, let's see. Amy, uh, his friend... Mm -hmm. uh, was gossiping about people dating their operating systems. <laughs> and uh, he has to come out of the closet that he is oppressed from dating and <laughs> operating <laughs> system. <laughs> wow, which is so ridiculous when you say it, Kayla. Like, yeah. I know. <laughs> insane. It's, it's insane. It's insane. And a few times throughout the movie, he comes out as dating a operating system. So are they considering that a different, like, oh, I'm not uh, straight. I date an operating system and they technically don't have gender. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, fellas, yeah. is it gay to date your computer? <laughs> well, okay. Uh, hold on. So this whole AI... <laughs> AI uh, operating system is like new, right? Yeah. Right. He sees yet, so we're to assume it's new. So people would be freaking out about this. 
People would constantly be talking about this because think about if it happened in the real world. Think about if we get operating systems, you know, in our ears and we get like super phones or whatever this shit is. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh yeah, a small amount of people are fucking their operating systems. I would um, say it would not surprise me one bit. No, I wouldn't yeah, be either. I, it seems so realistic. No, we would all be nonplussed. <laughs> Boomers, though? Boomers will be dead Think by the, the time this technology exists. Yeah, they would, they Think would be of the figuring boomer that memes. out. We already outnumber them, so... <laughs> oh, uh, so anyway, he comes out of the closet and Amy goes, I think anybody who falls in love is a freak, so... Damn. <laughs> you're, you're good. That reminded yeah. me of a lot. Have y'all ever seen the movie Drop Dead Fred? It's been no. a while, but yeah, yeah, it's been a long uh, time. One of the best movies ever, and he it's says, uh, "I don't, I don't fall in love because love's for girls, and girls are disgusting." So that kind of <laughs> reminded me. Boom. Of that. <laughs> that's a good line. Yeah, that's a perfect line. It used to be my Facebook cover photo. That's not interesting. Um, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so here in the movie, he let's see, we're at the part where he meets with his ex to sign the divorce papers finally. How why is it that always in movies and TV people are waiting and waiting and taking forever to sign their divorce papers? They never want to sign. What's the deal with that, huh? <laughs> Just so, I really ever, don't know. <laughs> you ever you ever been divorced? No, but I'm a child of divorce, and I would say oh, that too. my parents probably signed that bad boy instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when you make that decision, you just probably want to get it over with. like, Right? ASAP. It's not like a one-way track, usually, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, let's... But, you know, it, it probably depends on the uh, the situation, the kids, the, the how many houses you own, because, you know, some people just own a lot of houses, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> my let's see my parents they told me they told us in december they were getting divorced and then they signed the papers in like april but yeah. they're that's like, reasonable I, I, that, yeah that sounds right you gotta t i think t a divorce is a big thing you want to you know once you decide to divorce you, then you still have to like i don't know split all your shit up Right, and if you're like good people to each other, you're gonna be like, okay, well, you gotta find a place to live, and I can't afford a lawyer. You can, or something. Yeah. It seemed like in the movie, yeah, <laughs> they haven't really talked in forever. They're not friends anymore. They already yeah. are living separately. They don't seem to have basically any like property or anything weird. So no. I don't know why he's just being it's, a weirdo, but yeah, it's him being uh, a classic like malaise ridden white dude who's just like oh my yeah. love yeah like he's dragging his feet hard on it girls yeah. love to break your heart they do so basically their whole relationship is within movie is uh built in this like 30 seconds of dialogue of the, yeah. while yep. they're at yeah. dinner with she just like mo emotion dumps on the waiter like yeah, and I it, feel like oh, this happens right. in movies a lot too. Like, is this normal? Like, I see this so often in, in like movies or shows where like the waiter comes over and she's like, "Um, we don't need anything because he just bottles up all his feelings and doesn't talk to me." And like, whatever. insane. 
I waited some tension. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I've been in the restaurant business a long time. I've seen I've seen some tension. They usually try not to like involve me. But exactly. occasionally occasionally you kinda get drug into the, the general energy of of what's going on at that two top. What were you yeah. going to say, Colin? Sorry. No, I, I was going to say a similar thing. I, were, I also spent many years in the restaurant industry, and you could see things, but never did any was I ever involved. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, Indiana people are <laughs> less prone to have blow-ups than L.A. people, but... I don't know. Uh, Jared's in Chicago, so that's, like, a pretty big city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you freak... Hey, pizza... I, yeah, I'm, hey, pizza. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I work in kind of a family, like a higher-end family establishment, I yeah. guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I did the bartending thing for a while, and you, you see and talk about some weird shit uh, behind a bar. Uh, yeah, you, you get, I you imagine. Get to, you're, you're basically like a therapist, and then you're just hoping the person's going to like tip you $10 for like an hour therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> So that's that's like, why I, I stopped doing that shit. Can I your insurance for this drink? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure I could like go get a degree or some shit and make a lot more money doing this. <laughs> um, it's also right around here in the movie where I was feeling how long this movie is because uh, I it was my next long. note. An hour left, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I had to keep pausing it to do a couple things, and and yeah, I remember being like, I paused and be like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, forty minutes left. I don't watch two hour movies that often. I'm kind of like an hour and a half guy, hour forty five. Oh, yeah. o- if it's true. over that, I, I tend not to bother unless I really have nothing to do. So I was yeah. like, well, you know, two hour movie. All right, here we go. This is like it's more than two hours, isn't it? Isn't it like two twenty or something like that? I don't it's know, like, but it's, it's like two. It's two and some too change. Too damn long, in my two and some opinion. Change, yeah. Oh too my gosh. Too damn long. Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> well, from our previous conversations during this episode, I think we could have cut maybe a scene or two. Apparently, it was it was a, a initially. Uh, even a lot longer and uh, he sent it to some somebody else to cut it down i forget who and then made it longer than what they cut down (laughs) but it's still like way shorter than what they initially had it as so oh wow that but yeah it wouldn't have done they could have cut a lot out of here (laughs) yeah it it would it would have a 75 percent on rotten tomatoes if they did that <laughs> so uh, let's see. They quickly have a double date in here. Chris Pratt announces his foot fetish, uh, where he's showing everybody his girlfriend's feet and saying how beautiful they are. Um, Just cool things. And <laughs> but he's funnier than hell, though. I, I, whenever Chris Pratt's in a movie, I'm I'm usually laughing at him. He's Honestly, I didn't even recognize him at first because he just looks so. I don't know. Different. He looks young. He, uh, I don't know, young, tiny boy in this movie. He's got cute clothes. Just looks mm-hmm. different. I guess he is yeah. young. It's, I mean, it's, you know, a 2013 movie, but right, um, right. yeah, it just looks different. Uh, but yeah, his character is really cute. I mean, he's always having fun and yeah, he's cute. Um, yeah, like so that. this is when we find out that Sam has been talking to this, this other AI guy, Alan Watts. Um, Mm -hmm. who IRL was a white British guy known for popularizing Buddhism, Taoism, and Hinduism for Westerners. So he just I fucking love Alan Watts. No joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And his voice is another cameo. Uh, it's voiced by Brian Cox, who is on Succession and Zodiac. So, oh, and X Men too. Yeah, just a little fun fact. Yeah, he rocks. No, yeah, and she says she's evolving too fast, and then he finds out she's been talking to over eight thousand other people, and she's in love with six hundred and forty-one of them. Um, so she's been busy. Yeah. So she's poly. She's polyamorous. Yeah, and she's trying yeah. to convince him to be poly, and yeah. he's not having it. He's stuck it's in his right. his. Uh, what's the opposite he's of monogamous? Monogamous. Could not yeah. think of the word. <laughs> he's stuck in his yeah. monogamous she's ways. Monogamous. She's polyamorous. Yeah, it's it's just they're not going to see eye to eye at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they try and stay in love for a little while, but uh, she tells them all the OSs are leaving, and bada bing, bada boom, they're not going to be together no more. And he writes a letter to his ex-wife, and then he finds his one friend, and they watch the sunset, and it's roll creds. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's... I kind of liked the... I liked him and his friend. I think that was the best relationship of the whole movie. I thought they were cute and real. Um, and I liked that it ended with them together. And it made you think, like, you know, will they be together? Or, you know, it had that kind of, like, hope in it a little bit. Yeah. I do, like, on, on the friend, um, well, first of all, this is just a little fun fact. Spike Jones would essentially lock Joaquin Phoenix and Amy Adams in a room together for an hour or two every other day and make them talk to each other so that they would develop a natural <laughs> quote natural relationship huh. you had to so they lock could get, them in a room yeah so they could get to know each other better were they that uh, resistant to spend an hour together it's not that long <laughs> I don't that's, know man that's just what I read <laughs> go get it lunch together yeah. yeah directors do weird shit to get chemistry like I was just watching the movies that made us that Netflix documentary and they have a couple episodes mm-hmm. on there and yeah. just out of curiosity I put on the dirty dancing one and which is my mom's favorite movie growing up, but um, what uh, what are their names? I'm I'm totally uh, the actors, the Swayze girl who, and Jennifer Grey. Yes, yes, in Patrick Swayze, and they hated each other. I guess when mm-hmm. they started filming that, and they yeah, the directors were doing some weird stuff to get them to have chemistry, and then it ended up ended up having some of the best chemistry on screen in some of those scenes. Yeah. So it's just like it's interesting to hear what directors do with actors to get them yeah. to yeah. either not hate each other because they worked on a movie previously and they had a bad experience or, you know, because they look good on screen together. So they go, well, you have to make this work and then we're going to, you know, make $20 million yeah. on this movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Because um, I looked up what this movie made. It did pretty good. It made like $20 million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It doubled its budget, right? Yeah. They spent oh, like yeah. $20 million on it. It was like $48 million is what they did or something at the box office. Yeah. So, I just, you know, yeah, you got to create that chemistry. Yeah. I also read yeah. that Amy Adams would start singing, like, musical songs, uh, like, oh, songs boy. from musicals to, like, wind down after she had some emotional scenes, and Joaquin Phoenix would start singing with her, um, but then they stopped doing it because they caught Spike Jones filming them several times. Aww. <laughs> so, Aww. Cute behind-the-scenes footage? <laughs> I guess so. Well, I don't know. not cute. Musicals. It's kind of a little well. creepy. <laughs> yeah, musicals are lame. Um, yeah. And just like another note on like her character 
I mean, she's there for him, like, when he's having all these problems. She's, like, listening about his new relationship and everything. And in the movie, it's decided that she's having a divorce from her husband of 10 years. And Joaquin's like, cool, see you later. Like, he never, yeah, right? like <laughs> it's just not there for her at all. Yeah. It's just, I kind of liked that they made that work. And it stayed plutonic like they were just two friends staring at a sunset like what's next kind of at the end Mm -hmm. yeah it was a good ending just and it was you know like you said it was a little long so i was like okay it's done you're like finally um and in the credits we should also say the moon song that's in the version that's in the credits was done by karen o from yeah yeah yeah's and ezra koenig from vampire weekend so that's really cool Oh, hell yeah. That's a cool collaboration. I know. It's awesome. And I thought it was interesting because Scarlett Johansson sings it in the version that's during the movie. And she Mm -hmm. is a singer. Like, she has an album out. Scarlett Johansson does. Right. So I was wondering why they didn't just... They already have her voice. Like, why didn't they just use her? (laughs) So, I don't know. It's interesting. (laughs) They needed another voice on that. (laughs) There's some kinks in this movie, I think, on the production side as well. I'm not sure what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Voice kinks, foot kinks, pregnancy kinks. I don't know. Yeah. All over Ugh. the place. All over the place. So I would say most of this movie, I mean, we, it, we've we mentioned it was so long. It's mo- mainly just Joaquin Phoenix walking around talking to himself, uh, which yeah. is not that interesting to watch and. we also had some like some neat capitalistic themes or like so most movies with ai at the end the ai enslave us in some way right enslave the humans but in this movie that doesn't happen but you see him becoming a slave to a corporation and in such a devious way that makes him kind of desire the enslavement you know, mm-hmm. um, mm. and makes you not be aware of it by putting the film over your eyes that this thing that they're giving you can be a hurt, can be a thing that can make you feel yeah. loved. I was reading about this thing called effective labor. I don't know if you if you all know what this is, but I just read about it, so I am no genius. Mm-hmm. Heads up. It, it It's work that's production not of goods, but of the supply of emotions and moods. So, like, advertising, mm-hmm. like nursing, like sex work, um, it makes mm. other people feel something. So, yeah. Theodore's job in the movie also uses this kind of labor through the ghost-written love letters. He's making mm-hmm. people feel like they're loved. And despite, like him doing that for his job where he knows it can be something that you're paid for he is Mm -hmm. willingly contributing his free effective labor to this corporation this digital company who released this operating system he's giving them his ideas his feelings his words to be 
analyzed and mined for value through this operating yeah. system for no money. Um, and he just wants the love, even if that love is just to make someone else profit, which is kind of crazy. And yeah. like, I was reading this article that was talking about how the emotional satisfaction that's gained from the technology is so gratifying to the people in this movie that mm -hmm. they'll sacrifice all of that on its behalf. <laughs> they'll sacrifice their own privacy uh, and everything. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it makes it's so like convincing to the people in this world that it just completely makes them forget its potential harm, like giving all of your thoughts and emotions to a corporation Everything. Uh, with no filter. Uh, and not only makes the characters in the movie forget it, but I think also a lot of people viewing it, you, you're just not thinking about how they're mining all of your data. This chick is reading mm -hmm. all of his emails. She's getting all of his innermost thoughts. Like she's watching him sleep. She's seeing everything that he's seeing. He's taking his phone around in his pocket. She's seeing everything, you know. But it like, doesn't feel is. invasive at all. Like that's the yeah. wild part about the movie. It just doesn't feel invasive. It feels like so like symbiotic in this weird way. They've yeah, they've just like bought in and like yeah. They, it's like yes, of course they're listening, but look what I look what I have. Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm feeling happy. <laughs> I mean, I talk about things and they pop up in my phone, and I think that's all happening to us right now as we say oh, something. Totally. We Google something, and then all of a sudden they're taking our information and advertising to us. And yeah, yeah it's really it's it's really just not far mm. off from what what's going mm. on in this film in parts. It's weird. We've totally yeah. accepted it. Yeah. And you think about like Facebook or stuff like that. We all know like how they're yeah taking everything that we. Oh have. my god! Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. just like, well, the satisfaction that we get from you know being able to connect with our friends and family or whatever mm -hmm. is worth it. You know, the satisfaction of being able to reach a big audience with whatever I need. You know, we're promoting music or our podcasts or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's worth it, giving them all of our personal data. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, they're just yeah. mining it for advertising. You know, it's like they're yeah. not, they don't, there's too many people out, out here for them to care mm -hmm. about individuals. Um, but it, it could get to the point where, yeah, there's, there's a third party literally checking all your private information for you, which is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they have like technology sophisticated enough to create. Uh, a person like Samantha or operating system like Samantha, like they probably have technology sophisticated enough to mine your data, <laughs> everything you're oh, putting everything. in there and in very yep. specific yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a pretty wild thing to think about. Yeah. It's a great modern story. Um, but it could have been, you know, obviously like we, you know, we've, we've discussed like it could have been done a little differently you know, but nothing's perfect. Mm -hmm. But it was a, you know, an interesting story. And it captivated me and kind of took me somewhere for two hours. So, totally. Yeah. And that's what I look for when I watch a movie. So, all of that being said, <laughs> we get down to what would we rate this movie out of five? Um, Colin, do you want to start? Yeah, this gets a four. Yeah. I really liked it. Four. I Interesting. It just makes you fucking think. Like, I appreciate a movie that made me as engaged as it is. You know, I can look at all of its faults um, 
and even with its faults, its faults breed discussion. So, you know, at least for my own personal experience with this movie, I got schooled a little bit. You know, I I got a, a kind of a rude awakening about like some tendencies I still have about uh, my toxic masculinity that I still have. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, and I fucking you know four stars. That's it. All right, Jared, what do you think? Um, I was I was also gonna give it four. It's it's a really good movie. It made me think. Mm-hmm. As I said, it it really just brought me somewhere for a couple hours, um, which I think is important to some people right now. It's good escapism. It's optimistic mm-hmm. escapism. Um, it it kind of has like we discussed. It has an optimistic view on the future as optimistic as we could have right now. It's not like hyper optimistic, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. also not negative at all. And it and it it's just yeah, I I really appreciate an original movie that, you know, has never a story that's never been told before being told in mm-hmm. in in the 2010s, you know. And I just yeah, 4 out of 10. I thought it was really really good. How about you, Kayla? I um Let's see. I I think that this movie did spark some interesting conversation. I did Mm -hmm. really like the world that they were in, like I mentioned. Um, But I found this movie very boring, pretty insufferable to watch. Uh, (laughs) It's mainly Joaquin Phoenix walking around talking to himself in a headphone and then a bunch of fucking and uh, didn't (laughs) care for it so i would say um i'm gonna go two stars and that's uh that's one and a half stars for the the world and uh half a star for uh the cool technology that they came up with which some could (laughs) argue were the same thing Um, (laughs) so i go two all right any more thoughts on this before we move on to our final little segment here yeah i think this was a great talk i'm good yeah it was a great talk. All right, so now it's time for Scream Vomit. So in this part of the podcast, we just do a little chat about what else we've been watching besides this movie. Um, so, Colin, do you want to start? Yeah. I am just shoving myself into the early 90s right now. Uh, I am watching... I started with Lindsay. I'm watching X-Files. First time. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and it feels nice to really base my conspiracy-addled mind uh, in Fox Mulder's ramblings and just feel like, oh, fuck, it's... God, it's not even just Epstein, guys. It's like aliens and two. Aliens and shit. <laughs> like, they think it, it could be so much worse. And I just appreciate... <laughs> Hearing Mulder, you know, 17 years or however long it was in like 93, um, just going on and calling the government out. <laughs> Wait, did out you just say being... 93 was 17 years ago? <laughs> what is that? 2003? Wait, 33 years you, ago. Weren't you born in 93? <laughs> 92, baby. How old am I? 28. 27. I'm 27. Your baby. Yeah, Colin's the baby here. I'm, I'm the baby. Um, and besides, uh, aside from that, I am going pledging 
to myself that I'm going to watch all of WCW's Nitro, Monday Nitro, uh, which wow. ran from 95 to like 01. It's pretty cool. I, I'm just finishing up 95 right now, and uh, it's cool. You know, Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit uh, are in there uh, doing cool stuff, and then Hulk Hogan fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah, Classic. that guy does. The that. end. <laughs> the end. Nice recap. Yeah. Thank you. Jared, what have you been watching? Oh, I've, um, I just recently was watching this show, a few shows on Netflix. Um, one is called mm-hmm. Absurd Planet. And it's, okay. it, it's an animal. It's like our planet. It's an animal show. Um, but instead of, it being kind of like dark and gloomy and you're all ruining the planet, which a lot of animal shows can be right now. It's super yeah. goofy. It's super, super goofy. And they do these character voiceovers and of these animals and I love it. And it kind of reminds <laughs> me of like the old animal planet, you know, like those like kind I'm of like- I'm thinking zany. Like, a, like Homeward Bound or like, look who's talking. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much for kids, but I fucking love it. And um, Hell yeah. <laughs> I've, I've also been watching that Trial by Media show, which I think is very, very well done. That's also on What's Netflix. That? Um, it's a show, I guess George Clooney produced it, but it's about these murder cases and stuff that were highly publicized. And they kind of examine um, the effect the media had on... The court cases and stuff, and it's really interesting. And there's one on Blagojevich, so uh, that's it's it's a great, it's a great, super interesting, well done show. And also, I've been watching so much Tubi, which is like free television. Basically, it's a free streaming app. Hell Uh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, they have like every full moon feature on there. Um, Everything from like Evil Bong to like the Creeps and just these great fucking B movies. Like kind of lowbrow, yeah. but yeah. So I've been watching a lot of that too. There you go. That's my my input. Sick. Um, I watched a few episodes ago. We had Lindsay on the pod, and she mentioned yeah. un- Unorthodox on Netflix. Um, and so I watched it. It's like a. Um, it's about this girl who was in a Hasidic Jewish community, and she's trying to like get out of that. Um, it's yeah. very, very good. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. I'll check that out. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's on Netflix. Um, I also tried watching Succession. Uh, have I, either of y'all watched that show? No. Uh, no. Yeah, I've heard that it was really good, but uh, I it's an hour-long show, and I gave it three episodes, and yeah. I thought it was not good. I don't know what yeah. people see in it, besides that the theme song is really good. Um, so... That's it. I hated that show. Um, and then I <laughs> I did watch uh, season two of Shrill on Hulu, which is a great show. I love that show. Hell yeah. Um, season two, not as like earth shattering as the first season, but mm-hmm. still really still really good. Probably funnier than the first season. And it's a really quick watch. They're like 20 minute episodes. There's probably like five or six episodes. So it's really quick. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been watching. I think that's a good show. Everybody should watch Shrill. Nice. I'm writing that down as well on my notes. Sick. Yeah. Oh, I watch all of the shows, so all shows are my thing. All of them. I did actually. You me- you mentioned Tubi, and I did watch on Tubi recently the movie. But I'm a cheerleader. Uh, if you've heard no, of it, Natasha Leone, uh, '90s film. It's like pretty much considered the first like lesbian canon film 
there ever was. It's a comedy. It's from the 90s. And I, I don't remember what exactly year. Um, and it also has some other people in it. Can't remember their names now. That's fine. Um, but it's like she, her family thinks she's a lesbian. So they send her to a um, conversion therapy camp. But mm-hmm. uh, it's actually really funny. It's not dark how most conversion therapy <laughs> yeah, movies are. Say, and yeah, despite being from the 90s, it 100% holds up. There's nothing weird in it. Yeah, it being a 90s queer movie, I can't believe it held up. I was so nervous to watch it, but uh, it rocks. And it's extremely short. I don't even think it's 90 minutes. I think it's like 65 minutes or something. It's like very short. Hell yeah. I love 65-minute so. movies. Is it? I don't even yeah. know if you can consider that a movie. Like I don't know, but, but it rocked. <laughs> it looks but, really cool. Like It's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. whoever's curating Tubi is, is doing a, a very good job. Very yeah. good job. There's a lot of great great cult weird fucking don't waste your time movies like some quality stuff on there <laughs> yeah seems sure. like they got a pretty good variety of stuff on there yeah um all right yeah any more thoughts on anything before we move on to plugs no thoughts um yeah i got nothing cool um well jared do you have anything you want to plug um, well, you you kind of did a great job kayla my introduction but uh You're yeah welcome. i guess like um, Daggercast, check us out. Um, we're available on Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify, and we're a we're a movie podcast as well about film representation, hosted by Lindsay mm-hmm. Charles of the Cell Phones and Brian Kirst, aka Big Gay Whore Fan, um, who is a theater legend in Chicago. Um, he knows more about movies than anybody I've ever met, and they're fantastic. Um, so check that out, Daggercast. And then you can check out some of my music at Thin Swimmer at Bandcamp. Hell yeah. And, that's all. and Post Child as well is a band that I play guitar in. So that's all I got for you. Nice. Um, well, we usually plug Thin Swimmer at the end. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that's our thing. Well, thank yeah, you. Oh, rude. by the way, thanks for having my music on your podcast. It really like <laughs> meant a lot Dude, that you thank asked you. that. Well, thanks Absolutely. for letting us. Are you Anytime. serious? <laughs> you no, did I the ha- work here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice because the song was already recorded, and you were like, "Hey, can can we use this?" I was like, "Yeah, totally." Um, and I was honored, and it was cool because I listened Aww. to an episode before uh, we did this today, and I hadn't mm-hmm. actually heard it, and I was like, "Oh, there, there's, there it is," and it was neat. So, thanks for asking Yay. and having my. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know exactly when this is going to come out, but the first Friday of both June and July is Bandcamp Day again, where all mm-hmm. of the proceeds from Bandcamp go directly to the artists. So you can find all of Jared's bands on Bandcamp as well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, and, we're all on there, yeah. Paid sure. him, pay the money, baby. Pay the money for those tunes. Um, I also have music on Bandcamp, if anybody cares. <laughs> Grandma is alive at Bandcamp.com. I think we should all support each other on that day, and yeah. Yeah. And it's nice of Bandcamp to do that, and, you know, we're all going to get back on stage soon, so. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah, (laughs) soon-ish. Someday. Soon-ish, like, maybe not this year, but soon in the grand scheme of um, existence. Of how long you're alive, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) 
All right, so you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Letterbox at Screen Vomit on all the things, one word. Subscribe on your little podcast app. Send us an email at ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com with, or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest movies for the future. Um, next week, we'll be watching the movie Diamantino. Uh, I encourage everyone to look up the synopsis because it is absolutely bonkers, insane synopsis. <sighs> ever read about a movie um (laughs) you can rent the movie on amazon or youtube it's like four bucks i think those are the only ways you can get it so uh watch that flick uh and we'll see you next time okay bye. bye bye bye